0: this ah, the French.
1: but what reason? what is the charge eating a meal a succulent chinese meal
0: oh, i'm here papa yippee-ki-yay mister
2: falcon first listen to the man the snoopy snoopy poop dog my wife hated me being a firefighter of course nine months later
1: Father! if you don't mind my saying i don't like your attitude one
0: bit inspired Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Oh, my. Good night, Mr. Johnson. Stay Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest.
2: Recording and morning from the top of the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World's Fair. This is World Champion Podcast. My name's Bright and Slick. And I'm Sean of a Gun. Sean gun, we are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair and tasked with creating a podcast. So we talk about what we understand, which is, for the most part, obscure and forgotten pop culture and the mysteries of the universe, big and small. We talk good, we talk true, we talk fast. Sean, take it away. All right, we got some scandal in Smogville this week. Oh, my. And... Not a week goes by where there's
1: not scandal, but this scandal's extra scandalous. Okay. That's, let me get the popcorn. Okay. <laughs> hey. Buckle in. So the Smogville Gazette, they published a uh-huh. scathing review of the new Lion Tamer show here at the Smogville World's Fair.
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet.
1: I haven't seen it either. We, we, we were told by the Lion Tamers that we probably shouldn't go near for a while because mm. they, 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 were, they were severely injured most of the time.
2: Well, that, that's the thing, As I think they're... Because I know those lion tamers. Mm-hmm. They're not like guys that just rolled into town.
1: Right, right. They're just kind of the town drunks or, mm-hmm. or like... Uh, one of them is... There's think, three
2: of them, and one of them uh, is the farmer that owns Zephyr the pig.
1: Right. And yeah. that was his credentials, to, to become the lion tamer. That's what he, you know, what he showed... That Mr. he's Pum- a pig owner. Yeah, he told that to Mr. Pumpernickel right in there the same day he was in yeah. the cage. It was yeah. a strange thing. But this is not actually about... The Lion Tamers. It's about the show itself. Mm-hmm. They they the Gazette gave it a scathing review. So oh, this oh, is this is where the things start getting heated. So then Mayor Duck came out, and he called it a fake review. Oh, sad. Yeah, it's a, it's a fake review. He claims that the the Smogville Gazette wasn't even at the show.
2: Well, how, there has to be proof that they were.
1: Right, and that's what, the, that's what the mayor wanted, and the Smogville Gazette, just this morning, they printed... Oh, I
2: bet the mayor's going to get what's coming they, to him. He's going to look like a fool. Yeah, they
1: printed the, their response, and it was, we're, we're sorry we didn't actually see the show, oh. but that's
2: because it was too expensive. So they gave a bad review, hypothetically.
1: Well, they said they had a good idea from word of mouth. I guess the guy that wrote it was in the bar the same night that the show was, and some people after the show came oh, to the bar. okay. Well, that's,
2: that's pretty so solid journalism. So,
1: well, he didn't actually talk to him. He sort of eavesdropped. <laughs> and, and this was in a loud bar. There, you know, that, yeah. it, it, was, it was Bring Your Own Chimpanzee Night, so it was a lot of screaming and bottles flying through the air. And so, yeah, so there could have maybe been one or two things wrong or maybe some exaggerations.
2: We need to check out Bring Your Own Chimpanzee Night. Right. Too. Maybe we can rent bubbles for the night.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Get down there. I would almost like to go undercover as my own journalistic endeavor.
2: As the chimpanzee. as the chimpanzee. That's how we'll do it. Then I'll be mm-hmm. uh, you know I'll be some sort of rich guy from out of town. You be my right. chimpanzee, like a sultan or something. Yeah. So, and, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'll
1: be the I'll be the chimp.
2: I'll be a sultan from the farthest reaches of Burma.
1: hmm And we will interrogate any any type of lion tamer show. So that was... I don't know. I don't know what to think. My well, head's so this still is spinning.
2: Like, this is like how the Nintendo Switch has a bunch of one-star Amazon reviews because it's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, almost exactly like yeah. that. Um, well, it's, it is pretty expensive from what I understand, and that's money we could be spending on booze.
1: Uh, well, that's what, that's, the, that's what it comes down to, is then it gets, this gets really complicated. Because the price of, a, of admission to the Lion Tamer show, the Gazette... They, they cry that they'd be able to go, but that's the same amount of money... Legally allotted to them by the state for their daily corn mash or gin.
2: Yeah, we are on ration. a ration system. We're on yeah, a ration corn system. Mash.
1: So, so if they would just so what they're proposing, which I think is a really smart idea, you bring down your gin or your corn mash to prove, or yourself if it's already in you,
2: uh-huh.
1: to prove that you already paid for that, and then they they should allow you in for free. And then Mr. Pumpernickel, who has been real quiet in this, even though he's the the fair owner, he's argued that he needs to make some money from the Tamer show.
2: Well, he's, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. That's his his counterpoint. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. That's true. I like the idea, though, because when I drink that corn match, I get real sweaty. Right, so I could just show up and just kind of prove that I've had my corn mash for the morning.
1: Right, and, and my I, morning
2: mash because I don't you, want to dip into my afternoon reserves. Oh no.
1: <sighs> no, but if you know if you've had enough of that, you, you're roaring yourself like a lion. So you, do you even need to go? That you know they have a strong argument over at
2: the, the the Gazette. Boy, this is what the free market does to you. I know, you know? just madness. All right, so that's whew, What a day! Like just another day in Smogville.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so I've got something else for you. I've got something. For your mind. Mm-hmm. We don't usually do a lot of spiritual or philosophical questions no, here. No, not a
2: lot of cerebral stuff.
1: No, no. Well, I mean, this is more of like souls and, and spirituality and laws mm. of the universe. So, I was thinking today, can the secret, otherwise known as the law of attraction, Oh, yeah. be used for evil? Oh. Could you put a, a, a dream board up and so, well, how, do you know what the secret is exactly?
2: Uh, I do, but for our listeners. So apparently it's just putting, I don't know fully. From I, my I think understanding, it's a, mo- a motivational book kind of laid it all out. And right. the book was called The Secret. Mm-hmm. I think it's a concept that was maybe around oh, prior it's, to that. but
1: it's, apparently, it's, it's like a, a thing that snake oil salesmen have used for years. Oh, good. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a con that's been around for hundreds of years from what I've heard.
2: Yeah, and it's basically that positive thinking. Or it's true I mean,
1: or not a con at all.
2: I know I used to work with a bunch of people that were all very much into the secret uh, uh, into the secret. And as though it were fact. And for anyone that doesn't know, again, the secret part of it is that you make a dream board, which is basically a cork board mm-hmm. where you put like you put a picture of a Ferrari on it or something. Yeah,
1: things you want. And yeah. then and then all the positive thinking and the universe will give it to you. So in so let's go back to the question. Yeah. In, in this cork board, let's say you hate your ex-wife. You put all these pictures of her with like bullet holes in her head and dead. Could you use the secret to actually kill her?
2: I have a friend who uh, thinks he's responsible for killing a few people. <laughs> okay. Through his positive it, thinking. Indirectly? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, indirectly through his thinking. He's like, yeah, I hated that guy. I wished him dead, and then he died. Huh. Which is pretty horrible. Well, but God, uh, that, but r- yeah, I, think, I don't see why it couldn't be used for evil. I mean, it's whatever you want.
1: It seems like the, the knife would cut both ways.
2: Yeah, because it, how can the secret make the distinction?
1: Right. Well, the secret, does it have... Is a... there
2: something super noble about me wanting a Ferrari?
1: Well, I've even wondered... No. If,
2: it, it,
1: it, well, I, don't know. I guess it depends. And
2: why is that? It's like, no, you can't use it to wish someone dead. You can only do it to have a pool and a bunch mm. of bikini babes and right. a helicopter. That's noble. Well,
1: what if... The way to achieve that, though, what if the, the, the path to that Ferrari is the owner to die and the family have to sell it for really cheap?
2: Well, so, then it's the Twilight Zone.
1: That, uh, that's
2: true. Oh, that'd, that'd be a good one, where someone uses the secret, and they, even though they don't have malicious intent, they get everything they want at the expense of someone else. Wow, that's a
1: god. That's almost a good idea for a TV show or, or something. Yeah. I like that.
2: So I guess the answer is yes. Absolutely. You can wish someone to die. <laughs> yeah, or you know, yeah. Or even just wishing for your solid gold mansion, mm-hmm. your chocolate cowboy hat. Or, you,
1: or like wish that the, this girl, her boyfriend would dump her because you he want to date her. Yeah, and like, then... That's, that's an awful thing to, to want, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> it is. But if you got enough pictures of hearts yeah. ripped in half or pictures of them ripped in half on your, on your cork board... Yeah,
2: you could, then who knows? You, yeah. could, you could harness that power for evil. Absolutely. In fact, maybe now I'm starting to come around and think yeah. maybe it's not a terrible idea after all. I know, right? Yeah, you got to lean into it. Isn't that the phrase? Just lean into lean it. Lean in. I yeah. might not. I might be using that phrase
0: a hundred percent wrong. Pay it
1: forward. Is what yeah, you
2: pay it for. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: pay that that death forward.
0: Let's just say I'm planning on paying it forward. Do
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think anyone's ever said something like that? In the movies, people say that, and nobody ever picks up on this intense sarcasm. Yeah, do you think I don't (laughs) think he'll
0: be bothering us any longer?
1: (laughs) Do you think someone's ever said that, and the detective just goes, "Uh, uh, "So what? What was was that?
2: Yeah, so you killed him. So you killed him, huh? Why are you so sure he's not going to be bothering? Why are you rubbing your hands together? Who who are
1: you winking at? (laughs) There's no one here but, but me and the other detective.
2: I had a weird thing happen just now. Okay. I was leaving my work. Uh, my, my work has a revolving door and then to the side a regular door that says, please use the revolving
1: door. Right. We, we've all been to the Daily Planet.
2: Right. It's basically the Daily Planet. So I was leaving. Um, then there's a set of stairs. There's maybe six steps. So I went out the regular door, not the revolving door. I take those six steps down, and then I stand on the sidewalk, and I kind of pause because I don't remember what direction my car's in. So I open the door, walk six steps, pause, kind of look around, and then I hear, thanks for holding the door. <laughs> and I turn around to see someone like, kind of going through the doorway, some woman. Okay. And then she gives me the old salute, the old wow. middle finger, like the kind, you can't see me doing it, but where you don't turn around. So her back is to me. Right, right. And then she extends her arm and kind of jerks it's, it a it's little. It's a
1: pretty badass move. It is a pretty well, good like, move. That yeah. sounds rude, but that's kind of a badass move. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I did not see anybody coming at all. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to use the revolving door anyway. If I had time to get down those six steps and then pause on the sidewalk, I'm thinking they were far enough away that I'm not obligated to stand there and hold the door for someone I didn't even see.
1: Well, she was coming now, maybe out the I'm doorway wrong. while you were down the steps, that she was coming through the doorway.
2: Right. Now, I can see if I like plowed through and like hit her as she was trying to reach for the doorknob or something or or let the door slam in her face, but
1: was she carrying a, a bunch of cardboard boxes with files in them, like overflowing?
2: No, there was. Uh, in fact, what was happening is there was a film screening that she would have been late to, which again is not my problem.
1: Wait, how obviously
2: do you... you're only hearing my side of the story, but
1: <laughs> we, we kind of heard hers. What? <laughs> yeah, that's
2: good. What? <laughs> what? So uh, there was a film screening you starting at seven. Well, because there's no other reason to be going into the building.
1: Oh, into the
2: building. Yeah. I was leaving the building. She's going in. Oh, that's what confused me. Okay. Yeah. So
1: you were supposed to see her
2: outside. So I guess any time I leave, I'm supposed to stop Stand and kind of be like, is anyone nearby? 10 or
1: 15 seconds. That maybe
2: sure. wants to use my door instead of the other door. Instead of the main entrance. Right. Okay. Because they're running late for the film screening and might not get a seat. Wow. What a, what a, bold, also, what a bold move. Also... I, I Open feel- your own fucking door. I, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <what? laughs>
1: it's not hard. Yeah, that's a, that's the counterpoint for sure. Yeah, but also I feel like even if you are offended, I feel like just thanks for holding the door sarcastically is enough. Yeah, I feel like the birdie fingers way way too much. It's
2: way too much. And this was a person that a- appeared from my brief glimpse that was about maybe my age or younger. Mm-hmm. Like it's not someone this from not- it's not someone from that magical era where everyone was nice to each other. <laughs> Right. Because we're certainly not there anymore. And now, I, w- I will concede that perhaps I was oblivious, but that evidence doesn't add up. Hmm. She would, it, For her to be at the door when I was at the bottom of the stairs, she would have been far enough away. And, I'll, and frankly, I didn't see. As it. the
1: jury will clearly see. <laughs> yes. When I was standing here, she was too far away at oh, the no, bottom this, of yeah, the stairs. This is
2: our generation's 12 angry men. Right. Well... That, so I don't know. I totally feel like Larry David about this because it's going to keep me up tonight. Even
1: it's a little bit Larry David. It that I think getting getting the bird when you deserve it is you almost laugh, right? You start right. laughing. You know you've been a shithead. Yeah. Getting Ooh. a bird where you don't where you don't feel like it was justified, or worse, yeah. you don't know why. Which yeah. happens to me sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like I'm just retracing my steps. Like, okay, what just happened? Yeah. So I was eat, I was eating the sandwich, and then I went to the park bench. I stood up, and I sat back down. So, I mean, so getting something like that is upsetting. Mm-hmm.
2: It is. It's, just ups- it's just upsetting to be confronted when I'm, I'm not a bad man. What if they're secreting me to be dead now?
1: That's what I feel like. I feel like the, the secret is involved in this.
2: Somehow. I did not see another human anywhere in my peripheral vision now, I, but I wasn't paying attention. I worked a seven hour day today, so I was at the end of my ropes. <laughs> Oh,
1: man. You just needed to get out, like have a cigarette, get out of there. Yeah, like, ugh, ugh, I, I was just like,
2: oh, I was loosening my drink? tie. Yeah. My white shirt was all yellowed from, <laughs> you're, from sweat, from you're, that corn mash.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you were ready to go to the bar and eavesdrop on some people that saw some line tamers. It,
2: absolutely. Just get that gin in me.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the jury's out on that. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if that was right or wrong. <laughs> no, we, we don't know. Anyway, so... We need to pull back the curtain slightly on on the recording of this show. Ah. And say that I was out of town last week, so we recorded Mm -hmm. a little early. Right. And so last week I would have wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. So I just want a nice excuse why I've gotten around to talk about this 10 days later, and that's the uh, death of Bill Paxton, who is one of my all-time favorite actors.
2: I feel like if you're one of our type of people bill paxton's an important figure in your life he's
1: an important figure
2: some of my friends were like i barely know who that is it's like well that's because you didn't have a comic book podcast for seven years
1: well even more than that he's kind of the most unfamous incredibly famous person ever <laughs> that might be true he he worked continually in mainstream movies for 30 years yeah longer than almost anyone ever does in hollywood and he was... Check this out. I'm going to name some of the films he was in. And and just going through this list today, it was blowing my mind. And this mm-hmm. is not all of it. This is just kind of some highlights. Terminator, Weird Science, Aliens, Commando, Predator 2, True Lies, Tombstone, Apollo 13, Twister, Titanic, Nightcrawler, Edge of Tomorrow, Big Love, A Simple Plan, and Frailty. Those are kind of... frailty's not a big one, but... But, I mean, it's one I like a lot. Had
2: a good trailer. Yeah. Well,
1: No, it's a good movie. Titanic,
2: um, that's, that was a movie a lot of people saw.
1: Well, listen to this. He is, both True Lies and Titanic were the highest grossing films of all time at the time. True Lies was? Yeah. So when, no. so, so think, about, th- think about this guy that no one's, you know, oh, you, you've heard of this actor? I've barely heard of him. He was in True Lies. So you're an actor. You're in the, a movie that makes more money than any movie ever ever made. Then three years later, you're in another movie that makes more money than that. And it's the b- biggest movie of all time, right? I don't know what it, what, what it is
2: now. It's is it, Avatar now. It's Avatar. So it's always James Cameron. Goddamn James Cameron. Yeah.
1: And then listen to this. He appeared as a sheriff in the 2003 Limp Biscuit music video, Eat You Alive. And Limp Biscuit, their chocolate puckered starfish or whatever it was yeah. called, was the the, like the fastest-selling album of all time at the time.
2: I don't, I've never heard that, of Eat that, You Alive. That was a
1: stretch. I think 2003 was the, down, was the, I the, think that, the downward spiral. I think spiral. this is late period Limp biscuit. Yeah, this, this is kind of more a mature, a mature Biscuit. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this video.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think they're still making albums, Limp biscuit
2: By 2003, okay, that was after uh, two of the guys had left. That was after West Borland had left. Oh, so so
1: yeah, he seems to be pretty important. If you got a guitarist that dresses up like a cartoon character,
2: or like Rick and Morty. or like No, he's more like a, a raccoon mutant. So everyone else in the band is just a regular dude in with a baggy t-shirt pants. and baggy pants, just like a bro drinking Backward drinking hat. Slurpees. And then this guy's like, no, I'm going to wear uh, full eyeball contact lenses mm-hmm. and uh, make up and kind of act yeah. like a monkey. I'm going to dress
1: up like a praying mantis. Just, uh, yeah. just like every video, it was something weird. So you know that he might have been a... a Key component to their creativity. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get too sidetracked on that. I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. He's the only actor to be killed by the Terminator, the Alien, and the Predator.
2: That's yeah, and that's impressive. That's
1: kind of cool mm-hmm. for like that, that's that is more. We're talking to our people now.
2: That's kind of like getting a uh, what's it called? An egot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony.
1: Yeah, it's like the kind the, of would,
2: would it be? A P T. Apt. A tap. It's the tap. Terminator, a t- Alien, Predator. Yeah,
1: the Alien, Terminator, Predator, and, yeah. the, and
2: he's the only one to ever receive that award. Yeah, I mean, there's another Predator movie coming out, so someone might be oop in the running. Could be. We'll see. Uh,
1: dethrone Paxton on that. Yeah. And then just you just think about the people he's worked with on stuff like Apollo 13 won a bunch of Academy Awards.
2: You know, Titanic won a bunch. He barfed in that, right? Is he the one that barfed or did Kevin Bacon barf? I've got to i got to watch it again. It was really uh-huh. it was really disgusting. Barfing. And I wondered if it was real or not because they filmed it in that zero gravity airplane thing. It was probably real. There's zero gravity scenes. And, uh, you know what surprised me is that he's never uh, had a buddy cop movie with Woody Harrelson. It just seems like him and Woody Harrelson would have had good chemistry together. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I, I, you know a what? A couple of grinning Texas
1: idiots. I'll bet they've been in a, the same movie. Maybe not in those exact situations. No, I situations. thought so. I, no? I tried
2: to, uh, I, really? I Googled their names together and nothing came up. But Because I just had this, like, memory, like, that sh- that's something that should have happened and probably did, but no. So we're doing kind of a zero
1: degrees of Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. What about Bill Paxton and uh, Kurt Russell?
2: Have they been in a movie? It seems like they... Oh, yeah, Tombstone. They were oh, brothers Tombstone. in Tombstone, Tombstone, of course, yeah. <laughs>
1: damn! Bill damn, Paxton damn, damn,
2: Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman, I don't think, have been in a movie. Ooh. And Tombstone, I think, was the first... That might have been the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. Okay. Tombstone, I think. I saw so it my grandpa. Hard. I was probably like 12 or 13. I really wanted to see it. I was way into Wyatt Earp as a kid. You know, like a typical rebellious teenager. <laughs> Just got way into Wyatt Earp. <laughs> Made my parents take me to Tombstone. <laughs> Fucking Tombstone, the OK Corral. They had these weird papier-mâché guys. Mm-hmm. Like where it actually happened, and it's like, oh, that's where Bill Paxton was standing, and he's <laughs> like, a, <round. laughs> like they made it literally like paper mache, like a giant pinata, like a giant pinata with like where the mouth is just like a red <laughs> half circle.
1: Wow, they really, they, they really leaned into that, huh? Uh huh. So, my childhood, uh, well, well, how would I put this? I. I I liked Bill Paxton almost immediately as a child because of a few different factors. One, like my dad watched a lot of movies, so I saw a lot of movies, and I saw Aliens, which I loved, you know. And I talk about Alien all the time. I talked about it last week. I was going to watch Aliens the same morning he died, just mm. coincidentally. Yeah, which is kind of horrifying and sad. But in Aliens, he, <laughs> I love his character so much, Private Hudson, because he starts out as this ultimate badass, and then he just once they meet the aliens, he totally melts down into the biggest coward, like crying, whining coward. And as a kid seeing it, that's the character I identified with. Of course. The one that was terrified. Yeah. And then as I got older, I just started, I just really enjoyed that performance. But then I
2: have seen Aliens. Just you have so seen you know. the second one? Yes.
1: So you, you, what would you say about his performance? It's
2: unreal. It's so good. Well, it's iconic. The Game Over Man, Game yeah. Over Man. Even people who haven't seen that movie, that's like something mm-hmm. they know. Yeah. He, he really, he, go, he goes all out. and a, Another
1: part of the trifecta was Weird Science as Chet, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the bully brother.
2: Yeah. Now, that's a movie I watched as a child. Again, so Tombstone was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. But I watched R-rated movies all the time. Yeah. So I was four or five years old. I watched Weird Science That was a
1: nice humble brag. It was, yeah. <laughs> or is that just bragging?
2: No, that's just bragging, That's buddy. just bragging. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I watched R-rated movies all the time.
2: All you 16-year-olds all you out there listening, guess what? <laughs> we can see R-rated movies now whenever we want. Guess what I saw this weekend? What? Logan. Oh! Rated R. Rated R. R. Um, yeah, Weird Science. He's so great in that chat. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't have anything funny or entertaining to say other than I love he's, the character he's, he's, Chet. Yeah, t- And I love great. that movie.
1: Well, we'll get to the third part of this trifecta then. And, and as a kid, I loved—I I knew this actor, and I didn't know any actors. I watched movies, and it was like movies, unless right. you were unless you were hugely famous, the, uh, like like to me, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were just actors, and but I knew him because he was in a music video that I thought was the most hilarious thing I had ever seen as a kid, and that was this week's mini music movie.
2: I want my mini music movies.
1: Fish heads. Fish heads. <laughs> fish heads. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not joking. As a kid, I thought this was the height of just comedy and irony. Well, you tell your fish head story, and then I'll tell mine. I don't, I don't even know where I originally saw it. My, I think it was just on cable. My parents were... One good thing to say about them, say what you will about my parents. But the one good thing about them is we had cable my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, that's a brag, too. Because yeah. cause a lot of people didn't have cable in the 80s, you know. So I was able to see a lot of movies and stuff that I otherwise wouldn't have. A lot of R-rated movies, in fact. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And this was on... I sort of think it was on Nickelodeon or something. Or, or it was... It might have been... No, know. no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It might have been between... Between movies on Showtime or something like they were filling up a little gap. Oh yeah, something like that because they were hurting for, for content back then.
2: Right, they would show
1: anything. That's not real, that's about the whole story. I had cable ah. and I
2: saw it and I loved it. Oh well, so I was probably this was later. This is probably the early nineties and it was before I was really into the contemporary music of my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you're 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 getting older. You're starting to experiment with things. And my buddy was telling me about Doctor Demento. Mm. and uh, he was on Sunday nights at like 10, and I couldn't, I don't think I even owned a radio, so I I wanted to listen to Dr. Demento. So my friend recorded it, recorded like uh, however much Dr. Demento you can fit on one side of a Maxell cassette, and then he had a Walkman that had two headphone inputs, so at recess he'd put in his Dr. Demento tape, and we'd each have our own headphones, and we'd just cut (laughs) both. Well, you know, we had to be like a foot and a half, <laughs> been a <laughs> foot and a half of each other.
1: I've, done, I've been on an airplane with my girlfriend. I know you've got to split the headphones sometimes. Yeah. But this so, is a double headphone jack.
2: It's double, yeah, so we each at least get our own headphones. Not bad. But we're walking around listening to Dr. Demento and it, uh, definitely Fish Heads, um, Star Trekking Across the Universe. Did you Pretty hear familiar with that.
1: that? Did you hear, yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> Duh, you. Am, I, am I familiar with this? I'm sorry. Have you, did, and then they had, did they have the Squirrels uh, Beastie Boys song? Instead of Girls, it was Squirrels?
2: No, and if well, if they did, I wouldn't have known that was a Beastie Boys song yet, because I wasn't into the music of the day yet. That would come a few months later. When I was, in they a- did have a, a Saturday Night Live sketch um, that had been set to music, and it's Billy Crystal and someone else, and they're like security guards, hmm. and they're talking about all these ways they hurt themselves. <laughs> that was like the that was the funniest thing I'd ever you heard up to that point in my life, because he's like, it starts out normal, like, ah, oh, you know what, I hate when you get one of those paper cuts. Oh yeah, I hate when that happens. <laughs> It's like, oh, you know what else I hate is when you, when you take a nail and you put it in your ear and then you take a ball-peen hammer and you just drive it in. Oh, <laughs> I, think I have heard that. And then that. those the guys like, oh, yeah, that's the worst. Oh, yeah, I have heard that. And that, oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm, I'm
1: glad this was your first exposure to, to fish heads yeah. through Dr. Demento. Yeah. Because that's actually where I saw it originally on cable, but I was able to record it onto a tape from Dr. Demento. Oh, good. So I had a copy of it. And, I, and on that same tape was that Beastie Boys Squirrel song. And, I, this, and I, went to, I had to do some report in junior high. I have no idea what this report was supposed to be. But we had to market a brand, like make up your own brand. And so we had this cereal called Raisin Nut Crunch. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, th- this might explain a lot about the podcast I do now, is I just changed the name of Raisin Nut Crunch or, or Raisin Nut Brand maybe it was called. To squirrel nut bran, oh,
2: so you didn't really understand how
1: I didn't. Uh, I, no, so I changed that part. And then when I got up to talk about squirrel nut bran in class, and I was talking about how it's made out of squirrels, and then I played that song. I brought up a little tape player, and put it on a on a stool, and played squirrels. Are we really are squirrels? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, then t- and then turned it off, and did my whole pitch on squirrel nut bran, and then played my myself out with. Are we really wanted squirrels? So I don't know, it might have been a good marketing thing, but I don't know what, what the
2: fuck I was going for on that. <laughs> no, it was probably definitely good marketing. It was Dr. Yeah.
1: Demento-inspired, and definitely Fish Heads-inspired. <laughs> right. So, let's, so did, did uh, do, we wanna, do we know anything about this video?
2: So, yeah, so the band is, this will, this will blow your mind, the band is called Barnes Barnes. Okay. They are two fictional brothers named Art Barnes and Artie Barnes. Um, but one of them is uh, Bill Mummy, the kid from Lost in Space. Oh, weird. The red-headed kid. And um, this is a really deep cut, but years and years ago when we were doing Fight for Comics, mm-hmm. the greatest of all comic book podcasts. Yeah, clearly. I was kind of uh, wanting for something to review that particular week, and Bill Mummy had put out some random comic about himself, written by him about him.
1: I think I vaguely remember it's this. One of the
2: weirdest things I've ever read. I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Like, basically, the first five pages are him um, at dinner and like paying the check and going and getting his car. Like that's like panel. Like someone had to draw like like him handing the valet ticket and then the va- and then like standing there and then the valet <laughs> coming back and him going like, "Thank you." And then he goes home and like composes some weird music, and then ends up in outer space where they worship I, his music. I,
1: I remember this. I remember this. Yeah.
2: So it was just the weirdest thing. So he's he's behalf of Barnes and Barnes. Okay. Um, the other half is a guy named Robert Hamer, and uh, just, I just I guess this was his claim to fame was Fishheads. So Bill Paxton, how did he become involved? Yeah, he's
1: the, he's the protagonist in Fishheads. He's the
2: director and protagonist, and this was 1980. So, oh, he's the
1: director, too.
2: Right, yeah. So he uh, directed and appeared in the music video for the song. Um,
1: that answers one, one of my questions, which
2: was, and then how aired, did they
1: talk <laughs> Bill Paxton into being in this? Well, no,
2: because this was 1980, so he's not even well, even he's e- not even anybody yet.
1: Even unknown. It would be, <laughs> this is the premise. You're going to an actor. You're saying, I want you to spend a, at least a full day. I don't know how long this took to film. Doing this music video, I'm not going to pay you any money. But get this concept, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna carry around actual fish heads and dance with them and sing with them and take well, them to if movies. He's, if
2: he's the director, that's probably his idea,
1: right? That's why I'm saying. You, oh, yeah. You answered my question before I even asked it because that okay. was
2: that was one of the, the things in my
1: mind is how did they get any? An actor. How did they talk
2: him into it? Oh, yeah. Not even
1: not even him. Anyone?
2: Yeah, he had um, up until this point he had had one role in a movie called Crazy Mama where he was uncredited. Okay, and then he hadn't done anything. Uh, since, or before that. So he's doing Fish Heads. Um, so the video, it's, like I said, it gets off to a, well, it, it debuted on Saturday Night Live, too, in 1980, which is known as the worst season of Saturday Night Live ever. There's got
1: to, I want a story about that, how that got on there. I'm yeah. really curious.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the video, like I said, gets off to a hot start. Right. About a two minutes of Bill Paxton walking around. In black and in white. In black and white.
1: With no noise really, yeah. And he goes in, into a, a butcher shop or something, right?
2: Yeah, uh, fishery, fishery,
1: fisheteria, and he gets, a, gets some fish heads,
2: yeah. And Ooh. then he goes and eats them, and then this bum is like, oh, <laughs> fish heads,
1: <laughs> and then it just goes bonkers. Then yeah, he like,
2: he like falls in love, right? And then we've got like, yeah, stop motion. The, the bum falls in love with the fish head, you mean. Bill Paxton does. He takes it to movies. Oh, yeah. They go to movies. He makes takes phone calls. It takes
1: it to a picnic. Takes it to dinner.
2: Lots of fish heads, like actual fish heads covered in flies. It's really gross. It's pretty gross. Weird stop motion stuff. I mean, very... It's kind of, it feels like a film school project. Maybe it,
1: that's what it was. It kind of does, and it had, and the music is kind of nightmare music a little bit.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely nightmare music. It's,
1: it's kind of like little kid music, but it's like in a horror movie when they play a lullabla- lullaby and it starts playing out of tune, right? You know, or like a little too slow. Yeah, because the music just got is
0: fish heads, fish heads in rolling. that chipmunk.
1: Is it high pitched? It's yeah, like it's low a, it's, and high. It's like a it bunch of... might be of, harmonizing,
2: because there's definitely the chipmunk it, quality. hats
0: fish, hats. them up. Yum! So
2: maybe it's the chipmunks, and then the guy from uh, Rocapella with the deep voice harmonizing. hmm Wow.
1: Yeah, it's... How else would you describe it? I feel...
2: <laughs> I'm going to go to Wikipedia, because my favorite thing is when there's a Wikipedia article written in that nice scholarly style about oh, yeah. something ridiculous. Yes. Uh, The song is about fish heads and all the things they can, or more often cannot do, such as playing baseball, wearing sweaters, dancing, playing drums, or being seen drinking cappuccinos in Italian restaurants with Oriental women. (laughs) What? Wow. Okay. Uh, it is a company. Who, who, who wrote that? Somebody wrote that. Someone
1: down. sat down and said, I need to, to write about this music. Do you think that they, they wrote the original Wikipedia page or did they just re- revise it?
2: Yeah, or was this from like a Billboard magazine in 1980? I, I like the pitchfork. It's from the pitchfork review.
1: I would much rather have this be a revision. That, that to me, is even weirder that someone sat down yeah. and said, This is an outrage. They don't know anything about fish heads.
2: I like this. It says it is the most honored song in Dr. Demento history. <laughs> so not the most played, the most honored. What does that mean? Does Demento give out awards? I bet he does. Yeah. I bet he gives out awards like on New Year's Eve, like the Dr. Demento countdown. Is Dr. Demento still alive? Yeah, he's 75 years old, still demented.
1: Is he still doing our radio show? Um, I've got to be honest. I've lapsed in my Dr. Demento listening. I mean, I have as to... Of-
2: I, as we know... Being a disc jockey is one of the worst jobs in America. Right, absolutely terrible. it's possible. um, Because you're always
1: worried about losing
2: your job to new technologies. It looks like as of 2006, he does a paper show audio streaming, where you can also get archives of his earlier shows from the 90s. Uh, Now, I don't know if this is still going, but uh, I, I can't imagine that 11 years later people are still paying to hear novelty songs, but I don't know.
1: I don't know, because I think th- there's people that are young all the time. There's, there's kids growing up all the time.
2: Uh, my girlfriend did tell me about uh, she was at work just trying to make small talk with her coworkers. and They were oh. talking about music. And some dude, they're like, what kind of music do you like? And he goes, novelty. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Uh-huh. Someone, that, how often does that happen? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. What's your favorite genre of music? Novelty? Novelty. I like horns honking. I like like so do you think novel- I Like anything sped up? Do you do you think that's just parody
2: songs or are we going into something like Fishheads? Is Fishheads like honored if, if on there? I feel like if you're going to name that your favorite genre, you've explored it a bit. Yeah. Beyond weird out. Like I really want this guy to be on a Tinder date and being like, "No, no, no, it's so much more than just weird Al. <laughs> weird Al is what I call the gateway to novelty. But then you get deep. You get into Barnes and Barnes. You get into you get into all kinds of stuff. I had a, a, you get into the yakety sacks.
1: Uh, my girlfriend in high school, her little brother had a CD of symphony songs, like famous. No, no, no. Maybe it was YMCA. I think it was YMCA. So the, the village people song YMCA, done by frogs. So I was oh. like, Oh, <laughs> rabbit,
0: rabbit, 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 rabbit. <laughs>
1: And that was the whole song, like no talking at all, just frogs riveting. I'm pretty sure it was Y.M.C.A.
2: That I'm gonna try to find that. Um, I'm gonna try to find a bunch of these novelty songs. Where does Halloween uh, sound spooky? Halloween come in on novelty.
1: It's like a weird mix between novelty and soundtrack. I'd say. Could it be
2: like avant garde novelty? Like you know, the howling wind and the creepy laughter and the door slamming, the creaky door.
1: Well, it's serves a purpose. Owls. Serves a purpose very much
2: like uh, like a score to a film. Yeah, it's a score to your life. So it's like to no- your Halloween it's night. like
1: novelty score. Happy Halloween! <laughs>
2: those things are those
1: things are so unbearable. Have you it's ever sat novelty. down and tried to listen to? Yeah, an, hour, an hour of Halloween music. I
2: have. I actually made my own once. That was really fun for a project at uh, the museum I used to work at.
1: I think I saw. It's it, like man.
2: I'm going to make my own Halloween spooky
1: tape. So amongst novelty music listeners, do you think that when they get together and talk they are like, "Oh, oh, you're listening to Halloween sound effects
2: number 2. You've got to get Spooky Sounds
1: 14."
2: Like yeah, do, do you there's think there's got to be a big tape trading community? I mean, there's nothing in this world, nothing conceivable that doesn't have like a passionate a passionate base. and kind of assholeish fan base. That's
1: true. Well, I'm just curious if there's a consensus on the absolute best Halloween soundtrack. Is there one that everyone is like, "Oh yeah, this is like This
2: is the go-to." This is
1: like the Led Zeppelin like Halloween one, you know.
2: And I wonder if there's if there's innovators. Ooh. Like, oh no, this one from Up 1978. Starts? This is the first one that had a hooting owl.
1: <laughs> God, do you think there's people that are, that are that into it?
2: I I Like listen closely, you'll hear the first
1: screeching
2: woman. Now, the funny thing is, this wasn't actually a creaky door. It was it was his daughter's he had, cabinet. He actually had two springs. Wow, that's, that's something fun to think about. I feel like we, this, we might shelve this for later on this season. but yeah. I feel like novelty music... I feel like we could look I deeper think into this. Yeah, I think if we uh, dug deeper into this, we could really get something. Before we move on from Bill Paxson, though, I do want to remember my favorite line of his from Twister. And fun fact, in, uh, in my sophomore year of high school, I was taking a physics class. The uh, teacher was kind of a weird dude, kind of like a surfer dude, like a tan guy with long blonde hair. And he saw the movie Twister and said it changed his life so much that anyone that went and saw Twister and brought in their ticket stub would get extra credit. <laughs> changed his life? Yeah, twi- <laughs> I don't see Twister <laughs> changing his life. He said a, a movie hasn't affected him that way since White Squall,
1: okay, which is a,
2: the sailboat movie. I, I, I think don't it's know. a sailboat movie.
1: This is a strange
2: surfer. Yeah. Uh, so, Twister, but. Did he
1: elaborate on what moved him so much about Twister? Probably the tornadoes. The, the cows. <laughs> the
2: cows. The, the cows. cows. Um, I love that Carrie Elwes plays the villain, Bill Paxton the hero, and their rival, tornado guys. Uh, but Bill Paxton looks at him with scorn and says, He's in it for the money, not the science. <laughs> <laughs> the money. He
1: wants the fame. He wants the women of storm chasing.
2: Yeah, the the fame of storm chasing. Oh, and how about that tribute the Storm Tracers did to yeah. Bill Paxton? Did they? Did you see that? Ah. They, I don't know exactly how they did it. They somehow spelled out BP.
1: In a tornado? Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they, they conjured up tornadoes or something. There was something where, like, on the Doppler radar, oh, it was spelling out BP. Wow. Uh, I don't know how they... Like, they parked their cars and shone their lights up or, or something. Let's How about I actually read about this?
1: That's an inter- interesting uh, So they,
2: they gathered in Tornado Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to skip that ad. Thank you very much, a Variety. Paxton's uh, Storm Chasers. Lined up to Paxton's initials. Yeah, so... It doesn't explain the magic. Did they see a cloud... No, it's just something with like the the where they were parked, and it's like um, it picked it up, like a Google Maps thing. Mm-hmm. It's a GPS thing. Oh, so okay. so each dot is the GPS, and okay. so they drove in Oklahoma City and um, Kansas around Wichita, so they lined up. That's pretty big. Logistically, that might logistically be... that's. I mean, I think we're looking at like hundreds of miles. Yeah, that's an endeavor, right and I'm there. looking at at this from space, so
1: it makes more sense that these people would say that Twister changed their lives. Like that, that, well, would make, that would make much more sense. It maybe got him for, into their field.
2: For all I know, that teacher is one of them. That's true. He could be yeah. in, in one, of those, one of those dots. Because what had happened after White Squall is he bought a sailboat and sailed around the world. Is, it, is this true? That's true. So maybe after Twister, he also started chasing, started chasing those storms. Chasing storms. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not going to judge that. Twister's a good movie. It's a fine movie. I've been, I I've, been, it. I've, been, I've been moved by the strangest things. I was watching Return of the King the other day, and I've seen it a bunch of times. A bunch of, like, ten yeah. times.
0: And, and, I, I, and I
1: found myself more emotionally moved than I've ever been in it. I was tearing up, and not just for Sam and Frodo. The Sam and Frodo stuff's always got to me. Yeah, Like, Sam at the end, carrying him up Mount Doom and stuff. I'll carry you, Frodo. Like, tears yeah. start streaming down my face. But I was even tearing up at, like... Pippin's role in the war and and uh, oh yeah and Mary and, they, and like they do some heroic stuff P- which I, Pippin's the the when
2: Pippin climbs up and lights the fire yeah, on the they're beacon right there. oh man the music's so moving it's crucial and, and yeah. he and
1: he goes and he, he pretty much saves is it Faramir the one that's out cold it's going to get burned uh-huh and then and then one of them does something else too i forgot what the well, other Mar- one was they, one of them they attacks- just
2: laugh at Mary they're like he like has his sword and his little helmet, and he's like, I'm ready to fight. And they're like,
0: oh, oh, oh yeah. a
2: hobbit. Yeah. A
0: hobbit with a sword.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: but even, No, yeah, he stabs the witch king. He stabs the witch king of, of Angmar or whatever. Yeah. And that seems to be pretty important yeah. to, oh, the yeah. war, to the War of the Ring. Oh, yeah. And then what was Merry doing? He's doing something else. Every time I, The other thing I've, I always am shocked by is every time I watch it, I'm, I always forget the first time you see Merry and Pippin in Return of the King, they're, they're smoking weed. Yeah. They're sitting on a pile of food, just smoking that long bottom. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: And I love that that uh, Gandalf, who partakes himself, is just irritated.
2: Yeah, just that's like, pretty bad. He's
1: like, get down here. Have
0: some salted pork. You know? <laughs> it's like... <laughs>
2: Don't, don't they even say like you've been smoking too much of that hobbit's yeah. pipe weed? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I remember. What, <laughs> so that kind of no, no, proves no. that that kind of proves that it does have mind altering qualities.
1: I'll, I'll also th- this I forgot what the heroic part was for Merry. I just remembered it ah. is when Pippin has looked into the, the crystal ball and oh, Sauron yeah. has seen him. They have to take. He thinks that, that Pippin has the ring, so they have to take Pippin away. And Merry is really mad at him this whole time. Oh yeah, and then right before he leaves, he goes. He's like, here, here's a gift. And Pippin's like, what's this? And oh, Mary goes, yeah. It's the last of my long bottom leaf. I, I, I knew you smoked all of yours. And he gives it to him. Mary's the real
2: MVP. Yeah, he's the anti-Bogart. He,
1: he, yeah, he, but he really, he, made thing, he facilitated the, the end of Sauron, the ring going into Mount Doom. And, he, and it, it's like one of those, the, the butterfly effect, where Mary given the last of his long bottom weed to Pippin. It just it just from there dominoes out into Mm -hmm. a a world changing event. So
2: that part didn't make me cry though. (laughs) (laughs) Which which part made you cry? Um, just the whole thing. It was it it was
1: strange parts. I I almost went and bought a pregnancy test because I was just I I didn't (laughs) I didn't know what was happening. It was I was just moved by Return of the King by all the hobbits. They're just good people, man. Like, that what they want is good,
2: and that's... I love when they come rolling back into town with their fancy capes, and no one gives a shit about them. Have we talked about Lord of the Rings? We did. We did a three-part special on Pizza Party Podcast. Shit. Okay. Yeah. I was like, let's talk about Lord <laughs> There's got to be stuff we forgot to cover. Yeah. Did we ever get to Return of the King? I feel like maybe we just did <laughs> Fellowship and Two Towers and th- called it good. I think we might have. There's no way to know. Well, I'm down to do Return of the King if you want to do it. Well, let's do it again. Who cares? Well, I don't remember anything we talked about. And it's on a different podcast that probably doesn't even exist anymore. I don't know that it ever existed. (sighs) I try to Google it. I find some Rebel Taxi bullshit. That's right. Where they would get reviews saying, oh, they're just a ripoff of this podcast that's been around for less time than them somehow. Way less time. Nobody's bitter about it. Nobody. Anyway, we we got a couple letters from Morrissey.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm a the,
1: big fan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I was kind of taken aback by the subject lines. The first one says "Time to retire, boys," and the second one says "Thanks for nothing." But no, they're. they're <laughs> nice. just, I'm
1: gonna go to the bathroom real quick while, <laughs> while you read these emails, and then just kind of get me, get, give me the gist.
2: Yeah, so Morrissey writes in. He goes, Oh "Fools, this is your biggest fan." I guess I I can't do it, Morrissey got that lilt. Can you well, do it, Morrissey? Uh, I'll have to th- sing one of his actual songs. Checking in again from Central Virginia. What's up, Fools? This your biggest fan, Big John Morrissey. Checking in again from Central Virginia. I'm writing to say that I've been listening to you Fools ramble on for years now through 75 pizza parties, 301 fight for comics, and now 52 episodes of you world champion podcasters. And guess what? You've done it. Boy, how, m- God, how many episodes is that? 376? 428 like four, episodes. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot a lot of weeks. You've done it. What do you think we've done? <laughs> God. You just released the perfect podcast episode.
1: Oh, God, what a relief, I man. I know. I, you got
2: me all worked up. I was doing my gotcha journalism. My you patented did it. Gotcha. You love
1: that gotcha journalism.
2: I laughed. I cried. I laughed about my crying. It was spectacular. Who knew, who knew that my eyeballs could sweat so much? <laughs> uh, I don't know which one he's talking. He, he sent this on February 11th. I don't know how I missed this for that long. So I don't know which episode he's talking about, but it's Well, February it's
1: 11th. One. It's got to be one of those Star Wars ones, probably. Uh, could be. The prequels?
2: I'm going to find out. Yeah, find out right now. <laughs> There's really no reason for me to not try to find this out. So let's see. He writes to us February 11th, our episode prior to that. Um, Hopefully he wasn't. Through. Oh, it's the, well, the most recent one is the Fire in the Sky one. And okay. And before that was uh, the season finale. He said 52 episodes. He's probably talking about Shockmasters of the Universe, the season one finale, okay. where we talk about He-Man, Alvin the Chipmunks, High on Fire, Degrassi. All that stuff.
1: Okay. That was a good one. That was I a good one.
2: They're all good ones. Uh, what does this mean? Well, clearly, you both need to retire. You've done it. You've peaked. There's nowhere to go from here but down. Hence, this friendly email advising you to quit the field so that you have time to dominate some other medium. He <laughs> says, what? You can't quit? Oh, you're right. I forgot about the bad contracts that you signed. Exactly. Right. The issue. A, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long term. Um, I forgot that you're stuck in a Ferris wheel for the rest of your natural born days. Well, that certainly is bad news for you, but it's excellent news for the world. Now you've got nothing better to do but continue to pump out flawless episodes of WCP. Well, thank you so much, Big John. Uh, Thanks. Someday the Smiths will get back together. Uh, He follows that up the next day with thanks for nothing. (laughs) Sup, fools? Because of you Ferris wheel stranded bastards and your amazingly awesome podcast, I'm sitting here in my home watching Fire in the Sky for the first time, and I am freaked out. I may never sleep again. Hope you're happy with yourselves. Uh, and one more thing, I love you both. Even if Sean Black dies suddenly, I expect Brighton to carry on with a much more qualified co-host. We'll miss you, Sean, but it's not about you. I remain honored that I am allowed to listen. Jeez, I
1: forgot I was talking about death.
2: Yeah. That
1: was a weird little glimpse into, into the
2: reality in our comedy podcast. Well, let's talk about <laughs> something more pleasant. We got a lovely letter from a prostitute. <laughs> Peggy Pompey writes in. What up, fools? Hey, I've enjoyed your podcast since episode one. I really like all the topics you cover. Now, at this point, I'm thinking it's spam, because that's kind of how spam <laughs> right, starts out. Right. When we get a comment on our website and the...
1: I love that topic you were speaking of. I
2: am very <laughs> interested in this topic. And the, and the blog is like, here's episode 53. Like, fascinating article. <laughs> I have a gold investment. Right, right. Uh, I really like all the topics you cover. However, I can't help but feel a little sad whenever I listen to your show. I think about you two stuck up in that Ferris wheel with no company. I bet it gets really, really lonely. And I'd like to offer my services to you at a reduced rate. So here's an abbreviated version of my menu. I hope that reduced rate is zero. Uh, it's, it's, it's very reasonable. It's uh, reasonable. $10 gets you the Cincinnati Twist. Okay. Chili Dog, 25 Panamanian Panamanian Petting Zoo, 45 the Alaskan Pipeline, 45. Glass Bottom Boat, 75. <laughs> the William Shatner, 75. I feel like these are all kind of... Are these real? <laughs> I, I feel like so. these are all... They all kind of seem uh, shit-related. <laughs> Minnesota Mud Flaps, 100. The Alabama Hot Pocket, 100. And the Peggy Pump Pump Pope Special, 150. She is now practicing some new moves mm. inspired by us. Oh, the oiled boys is twenty. Okay. You know, that's, since that's so cheap, this, I kind of yeah.
1: This and then this is more like my
2: themed, uh, whatever these things are. The shockmaster is thirty five. Okay. Tugboat's going to set you back fifty, and the pantless duck is seventy five. <laughs> um, please get back to me <laughs> as, a, as I'd love to be of service. I just bought a panoramic camera, so I can now send selfies if you're interested. Ooh. So have you wait? Have you heard
1: of this nursery? This like. Uh, Hopscotch? Is that what it? Not hopscotch. Double Dutch. You know, there's there's double Dutch.
2: They like jump roping. Chant yeah, but thing. there's
1: chance that they've found all over the world and they cannot figure out how it travels. Have you heard about this? No. Maybe we'll have to. It amiss- sounds like
2: a radio lab. We'll
1: have to. It probably was. We'll have to go into it, but at some point. But it's it's you know that like she went up and then, 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 then. all that like 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 that little song they sing on Big.
2: You okay. Know? Sure. Yeah.
1: Anyways, those have spread all over the world. They found it in Africa and in Asia and in places that. And this was in the early 1900s, so this is before TV. This is before any kind of radio program, but it somehow traveled through all like the schoolyards all over the earth. And they could not. And they and a bunch of scientists looked into it and they could not figure out how. And I was just wondering, is that how these weird like sex things are? Because I get. Something like missionary position, like everybody that the word the word starts spreading. Like, oh, this is how you do missionary position. But if you're, doing, I feel like that one kind of comes natural. Yeah, but if you're doing the, the like the back twisting albino mud bat or something, <laughs> like something it's insane that nobody really does. You know? Yeah. How is this spreading everywhere? How does everyone know what these these words mean?
2: The internet, I guess. Yeah, but before the internet, this had to, maybe it was uh... Maybe traveling stand-up comedians, maybe prisoners. Do you think there was ever people that, that
1: were in an alley, and then someone next to him just kind of started whispering to them, like, Alabama, "Hey, Alabama,
0: so uh, Alabama Slam Squirt Job." That's when yeah. um, that's when you're you're on, in a pickup truck <laughs> to tell your and friends. You're on a surfboard. Tell your, tell all your friends. Tell your girlfriends.
2: Yeah. So before Urban Dictionary, where did this stuff? Where did this come from?
0: I think that's how it was. I and, think it unless, was guys traveling around. And just pulling people aside and go, hey, get this. You know what? It could when have been. You, when you do the, the hot dog ding-along, you got to do this first and then this. So then your buddy jumps out of the closet. <laughs> tell all your friends. Tell your friends to tell their friends. Tell your friends. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You want to buy some mustard? Yeah. I'm... Let me tell you what you do <laughs> with this mustard. You take it. You clinch the bottle between your teeth. Then you get a girl. Are you listening? You have the girl take her shoes off, but leave on her socks. Then you spray the mustard all over the room. Go ahead. Write this down. Tell your friends. Spray the mustard all over the room. Then your buddy takes a picture. Hold on. I wrote this down. Tell your friends. I wrote this down for you. Fold up this paper. Don't let your mom find it. Don't let anybody find this, unless it's your friend's. And your mom won't find this because she's 87 years old and you're a grown man. Tell all your grown men friends. Tell your grown men friends about this move. <laughs> hey, you got a Polaroid camera? Okay. You need three ponytail ties, right? Okay. And a, and a wooden horse. Then you need 47 avocados. Throw the pits away. <laughs> Don't throw them away. You tell, he, tell he your make friends. an avocado tree.
2: That's a different move. The avocado. Yeah. That's the avocado
0: treatment. The move, avocado yeah. treatment. Then you, you get a ladder. You have a hang by the ladder. Tell it's, your friends.
1: It's interesting because that that way of telling people about the, these weird these weird maneuvers, yeah, is eerily similar to how we get people to leave us reviews on iTunes.
0: It is. Yeah. Hey, hey, get it. Go on iTunes. Leave us a five star review. Tell your friends. Tell See, this all is, your is all.
2: Yeah, this is how it went before the internet. That's mm-hmm. how things
0: were. Like. Hey, buddy, come here. It
2: was voice internet.
0: You hear? Look at this picture of Kermit, and it says, remind me not to give a damn. <laughs> Tell your friends about this.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's, the, that's old memes. Come I like here. that meme. Come here. Come here. Check it out.
0: <laughs> check it out. No, come here. No. No, wait till the bartender's got his back turned. Hey, look at his cat. Doesn't he look grumpy? <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> hey, Hey, buddy. I know you're wondering why I yelled at you from across the parking lot, but get a load of these photos. <laughs> I can't even
2: do that. <laughs> I love old-timey internet. Uh, old-timey internet. The, That's old, how it the, worked. the old-timey internet it was It's just like an lo- army of guys in Depression era. Like, they, yeah. no one's working. They're, of, they're riding the rails going from town to mm-hmm. town. A lot of whispering. Yeah. It, it was. It was
1: like if you follow the rails, it was just like a huge web, you yeah. know, all across the country, all across the world. So I guess we answered that question, how those words got out. Yeah. And we'll look into some of those and invite you up to the Ferris wheel, Lady Pimple Popple Poop <laughs> What if you said her name Peggy was. Peggy
2: Pompey. <laughs> you know. Pompey's an ad name. It sounds like she's very Vesuvius-like, mm-hmm. so that's nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I
2: thought, too. Um, Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us more nice messages like those. Again, yeah, leave us a review. Tell your friends. Really, the important one is tell your friends and, like, I don't know, share our links on Reddit and Facebook and stuff. Right. And go
1: into to dark alleys and whisper to people to listen to it. So then Brighton says,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's this podcast you're going to love, World Champion Podcast. So, go go in and, and record it yourself because the internet doesn't exist. No, he's just he's like, so Brighton says... From the Ferris wheel, it's, then Sean says, and I'm Sean Black.
1: Oh, so it's verbatim. Then Brighton says. It's like a, <laughs> a verbatim right, it's telling a, of the whole episode? It's,
0: it's one of humanity's
2: oldest traditions, the yeah. oral tradition of storytelling. It is. Gather yeah. around
1: a fire, you know, everyone gets food, yeah. and you, you just do the, the, the telling, the legends of World Champion podcast.
0: Then Brighton says, turns out he had the corpse in his apartment. Then Sean laughs. <laughs> then Brighton says... Yep, I know. he put a phone in there.
1: There's going to be a lot of, and then Sean laughs. I've, I've laughed a lot <laughs> in this episode,
2: too. Well, we have good times. Yeah. All right, back next week with
0: more
2: World Champion, World Champion Podcast. The Champion Podcast. Go
0: home, tell your, your mom to tell her friends. Tell your mom, tell everybody, tell your friends, tell your clergy. Tell your cat.